What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. Getting ready for this tournament. Win some money. Oh, yeah? You about to hit the... Uh, are you in the emergency room? Yeah, That's man. dedication right there. You got the yeah, the K- EKG machine going on in the background. You all right? You can't stop Diabetes me, Diabetes get you? You can't stop <laughs> me. You know what I'm saying? You think I'm eating these pork chops for breakfast for nothing? <laughs> trying to live yeah. up to the hype, man. I like it. Trying to become a statistic. Next thing you know, you're going to have the gout, <laughs> diabetes, and whoever, high blood pressure. Funny things. You said it like I don't already got the gout. Got <laughs> <laughs> that when I was 18. Uh, <laughs> right after graduation. <laughs> um, so you gonna are you going to win this Warren Buffett money? This, uh, you know, the million dollars to the, to, is it, I think it's a million dollars a year to the person who, who has the perfect bracket. Yeah, man, I don't even try to win that. I mean, it's kind of unreasonable. I've heard, didn't one dude win it? I think he was on some talk shows or something, but. I don't think uh, so. I don't think it's ever been done. I thought one dude did it before, but no, I don't have my sight. I just have my sights on taking out the local pots. I know I'm not going to go undefeated. Yeah, um, I think we can all, if anyone knows me, they know that. I don't watch a lot of college basketball, so it's a pure guessing game for me. Um, I'm going to call it right now, though. Uh, FDU is going to beat Gonzaga, okay? Fairly, <laughs> who? Fairly Dixon. Well, listen, it's already a bad sign that you don't even know their name, but we're going to ignore that portion of it. Can You know where Fairly Dixon is? Mm, no. No, I was going to make a joke about that, but it probably wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, well. Just because it got Dixon in it. <laughs> see. Um, so, looking at the, the matchups, man, do you see a, a, an upset in the first round with the one seeds? I mean, you know, from 2 to thir- or two to 14 or 2 to 15, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you know, but the number ones look safe, don't they? I don't know, man. The problem is, is that you always got Virginia on the bracket, which is a wild card. I mean, I just... I mean, Virginia's a really good team. They play really good basketball. I just don't trust them. Last year, I felt the same way, and they end up going out in the second round to a team that we don't know. Um, I was looking at some stuff on TV. I've never watched who they play, but they're te- they're saying that that's the best of the 16 seed. So if anyone was going to get upset, I would say it would probably be Virginia, which is crazy because they play great basketball during the regular season. I don't know why they always come up short in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, Gardner Webb. I guess, I guess they're good. Whatever that means. Um, see, here's the problem, man. There's too many damn college teams for me to figure out. You know how many U of A's, OSU's, FDU's there are, Belmont. Like, where are these schools? Okay. I have no clue where they're located. But well, Belmont's in Tennessee. That's Nashville. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I, I'm proud that they have this system. I mean, I don't think the college football could ever do what they do. But it's fun because it doesn't matter. Just making it in a tournament, you have a shot. I mean, it's been proven. I don't think that any of these teams will win a championship. It always comes down to the bigger schools, more than likely. But it's fun. No, that's what makes the March Madness so great is that these teams actually have a shot to upset some people and make a name for themselves. So that's the whole fun of March Madness. So I don't know these teams. I haven't watched it during the season, but it's still going to be exciting exciting to watch them in the tournament. Now, it is interesting that it said that uh, 
Duke is the biggest favorite since like 2014 Kentucky team. Do you think this Duke team is that good, even with Zion back? I mean, according to you, yeah, they can beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, of course, they should be. Um, even though Gonzaga came and smacked them up earlier in the season. And then they who else did they lose to? Uh, North Carolina twice. Who else got them? That was without Zion, though. Both games, yeah, that's right. Both games were without Zion. Now, <laughs> once uh, once Duke comes back and thumps North Carolina this year, who are you going to be rooting for? I'm always going to root for North Carolina. What's that got to do with anything? Chump? I'm just saying, once North Carolina is gone, bubba, you got another team that you're going to be rooting for? Nah, I'm going to quit watching the t- tournament. I'm going to turn it off. And then, because I got North Carolina winning my bracket, so once they lose, I'm not in the You got the them winning anymore. the whole thing? Of course I do. This See, is the perfect this is the, the perfect team. It's not a homers. Listen, if you go back and look, this is the type of team that usually wins for Roy Williams. It's not the big stars. It's you have a fast point guard that can shoot the three. You have a bunch of defenders, and then you have a long soft small forward that can shoot the three. Last time they had this was two years ago when they had Justin Jackson and Joel Berry. It's the same kind of team that they have. They have a shot. Um, they have a couple of touch, tough matchups, in my opinion. Um, being on the same side as Kentucky, uh, Houston team is dangerous over there. And I think that Auburn team is dangerous for North Carolina because they play the same style. And Auburn is one of those teams, if they get hot, they're dangerous. But if they're not, then they're kind of easy to beat. You never know what team you're getting with Auburn. That's the danger. That's what I was getting. Now, I was watching that SEC championship game. And man, they—I was rooting for Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is my second favorite school in the SEC, but man, they just got thumped. Um, you know, turned uh, Auburn was turning them over left and right, and you know they were just—I mean, they—they they got so hot from three, the game was out of hand really quickly. I was shocked at, at what I was watching. And Bruce Pearl's a hell of a coach, man. Wherever he goes, they win. He cheats, and that, but they win. Yeah, but that's the thing. Bruce Pearl is a tournament coach. That's one of the things that I look at when I'm looking at the tournament is which one of these coaches are built for the tournament, which team is built for the tournament. Your style of play may not be built for the regular season, but it's a whole different thing when you get in the tournament. I mean, if you play fast, if you can shoot a lot of three-pointers, if you play hard defense, you have a coach that knows how to coach those styles. Like, Pearl has been successful in the tournament. That's what makes Auburn so dangerous. I mean, look at the SEC tournament. We just talked about it. They get in a tournament setting. That is a dangerous squad just because their style of play. And you notice that a lot of these teams that get upset, these big dominant teams, is because they don't have the outside shooting of these little teams. And the three-pointer is the ultimate, uh, what do they call it? The ultimate game changer. Mm-hmm. Because it, it gives the little man a chance. It doesn't matter if you're bigger, stronger. If I can hit the three, then it gives me a chance. That's what gives all these smaller schools a chance. And it's evened it up. That's why March Madness is more exciting than we've ever seen it before. So, well, don't get carried away. Um, you don't think that it has been over the last couple of years? I mean, we've had 11, some of the biggest upsets. We This is the um, generation where we've seen a 16 seed be the one last year. I mean, these things have never happened. Now it's more um, parity in college basketball, and I think it's all because of the three-point shot. So it looks like we've got three of the top five, or sorry, we got the top five NBA picks are going to be playing in the tournament, which wasn't the case a few years ago when, when old Ben Simmons couldn't get LSU to the big to the big Couldn't game. wait to get that Ben Simmons hate out. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stand them light-skinned cats around here, man. Um, but so you've got, you know, Duke with, th- you know, 
probably three of the top five draft picks. And then you got Murray State and John Morant, um, who's probably going to be the number two pick, um, two or three pick. Um, you got Culver from Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you are you pretty excited that we have some star power in uh, in the in the tournament this year? Yeah, I am. Um, I think it's going to make for some interesting matchups. Um, I like a lot of looking at the tournament is looking at the seeding to see the matchups that you may be able to get. Um, at at the top, you got Duke matching up against Michigan State. Michigan State has some star power, but the most important one that I'm looking at is that Ja Morant. Murray State having the opportunity, if they could upset Marquette, they could possibly face up against that Gonzaga team that has been a pretty dominant team. So you'll get a good indication of how good Jai is going up against a Gonzaga team that has been pretty dominant. They beat Duke this year. Um, they played a really tough schedule, but they end up 30-3 and three or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would really like to see that matchup with Ja Morant against uh Gets Gonzaga. I think that'll be a very exciting matchup. You kind of a lot of people hadn't seen Ja play. I mean, you've heard about him. You've probably seen some clips of him and highlights. But I don't think there's a lot of people watching Murray State games. So th- it'll be good to see him in the tournament. Can he have one of those legendary runs like you know Dwayne Wade or Carmelo Anthony? That'll do a lot for his draft stock. What matchup yeah. are you looking at, man? For me, I. There's there's quite a few man. Virginia Tech LSU is going to be a fun. Uh, oh excuse me, um, not Virginia Tech LSU. Uh, they don't play each other. Uh, Virginia <laughs> Tech St. Louis. Uh, yeah. St. Louis is always a um, just such a sneaky team. They come in and if they go out and if they win the first, they they just make so much noise um, in the first round. They are, they're always a candidate to upset somebody whoever it is they play because they're always around that. 10 to 13 seed. So the, the four seed Virginia tech has got to be, you know, got to keep their head on a swivel or they're going to get beat. Yeah. And that Virginia tech is another team like Auburn. I mean, it kind of just depends on which team you get. Uh, ACC is supposed to be the best conference, but a lot of times you get those lower tier ACC teams. They get the benefit of the doubt from playing that ACC schedule, but then they get in the tournament and they're ill-equipped to face some of these smaller teams. Um, and, a lot of times they end up being overranked. So I don't really believe in a Virginia Tech or a Florida State. I don't have much faith in those teams, but it will be interesting. The team that I'm really looking at that I think people are sleeping on is Houston. I think Houston is a really good team coached by Kelvin Sampson. Um, I watched them play. He's been I believe- recruiting his ass off down there. He's really turned that program around. Yeah, I don't know the two kids' name, but they have two legit NBA stars in that um, backcourt. And they play very hard. They play really good defense. I think they had one of the longest home winning streaks before they lost to um – they lost uh, like three weeks before the season. I can't remember who they was, but that's a very good team, a very dangerous team, and they're in a very winnable bracket. I got them beating Kentucky because I don't believe in this Kentucky team. They got hot at the end, but I don't. I just don't believe that they'll go far in the tournament. You know, I have a hard time. I mean, we talked a little bit a second ago about Tennessee. I have a hard time figuring out what to make of them. Um, I think they're a really good team, but they're super Jekyll and Hyde. Um, some days they, they look unbeatable. Um, man, I cannot think of the name of that big cat. He, they, um, Admiral Schofield. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they look just flat out unbeatable, and then other times they just look like a terrible team. Um, and I think Rick Barnes is a great coach, uh, but I, I don't know what to make of Tennessee. Would it shock me if they, 
it would shock me if they lost in the first round, but would it, would it shock me if they lost to Cincinnati? If they moved, uh, if they you know can move past Iowa? No, not at all. I mean that that's you never know what you're gonna get from them. Tennessee reminds me a lot of Virginia, man. Um, they play really good basketball. They're a really good team. They're royal coach, but you can kind of get them out of their game with that wow heck 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 on um, heck heck dang got caught up in my word helter skelter you know style just kind of running and gunning. That so was a real I challenge think, for you. Yeah, I'm, it was. I'm glad you I mean, overcame that. Hey, you just said I was in the ER. I mean, <laughs> come on. I'm, I'm working through adversity here, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just don't know with Tennessee. I don't know about a Virginia team. They're ranked really high. Um, then you got a team like Villanova. They're ranked sixth right now. But Villanova's won, like, two of the past three championships. You kind of never really – I mean, that's what makes the tournament so fun because we think we know. We listen to all the experts on TV who – their bracket ends up looking worse than our bracket. Nobody really knows what's going to happen until you get down. It's about the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Um, typically, we say that, but two of the one seeds will end up in the finals. It's just who are the other two seeds that will make the Final Four. Well, in the words of the great John Gruden, anything can happen on any given Sunday, especially on Thursday night. Oh, so. deep. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's deep. So, I'm glad that – how does it know, feel to have a philosopher as a coach? The man's a regular Aristotle, so, uh, you know, I just, but what he says, while it may be stupid, it is very true. <laughs> uh, so, so let me hear your final four. Oh, you put me on the spot. Putting you on the spot. I need to hear, I'm going to give you some time to think about it. I'm going to give you my final four. So out of the East bracket, I'm going to take Duke. I don't like that Duke can't really shoot the three. But they just have so much talent. Um, their only real challenge that I see is probably to Michigan State, which is a real challenge because Tom Izzo tournament time, that's not an easy win. It takes a lot to beat a Tom Izzo Michigan State team. But I'm going to go ahead and take Duke. In the West, I'm going to go with Gonzaga, even though I think that'll be a tough matchup against Murray State down there. Uh, I still like Gonzaga to come out of that side. Um, in the South, I'm going to go with Tennessee, like we both said. They put Tennessee and Virginia in the same bracket, which is interesting if I had to pick one. But Villanova's really dangerous out of that bracket. But I'm going to go with Tennessee. And, of course, in the Midwest, I'm going to go with North Carolina. North Carolina beating Houston. I got Houston upsetting uh, Kentucky in the Sweet 16, it looks like, or the final, Elite Eight, to uh, get to the final, to, beat, to face North Carolina. So North Carolina go to the Final Four. So that's North Carolina, Tennessee, Duke, and Gonzaga. Man, I, it's funny because my Final Four looked almost the same as yours. I, I struggle between picking because I don't think all four number ones are going to make it. I just think this is the best version of Virginia that we've seen in, in quite a few years. But um, I also think Purdue is a really good team. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they came out of there. So just because I don't think it's going to be uh, all number ones, I'm a, I do. I, I mean, I think Duke's going to make it to the Final Four. I, I also believe in Gonzaga. Um, you, North Carolina's in a really tough bracket. They're in a tough bracket because I think they Kentucky can come out of there. I think Auburn can come out of there, depending on which Auburn team you get. Um, but I think it comes down to Kentucky and, and North Carolina. Um, man, that's tough. But just because I don't like you, I'm going to go with <laughs> Kentucky. Um, and then that, that makes out. me feel better because you suck. <laughs> Your picks normally don't work out, so I feel a lot better about North Carolina with you saying that. So I'm going to go Duke, Gonzaga, um, 
all right, I'll be, I'll get cute and go Purdue, even though I don't, <laughs> wholly, I don't wholly believe that, and I'll go Kentucky. Yeah, I mean that's a good. So who would you have in the, going to the finals? Um, man, that's tough. I think it's gonna be Duke and Kentucky. Um, and I think that Duke will. I, I it's hard for me to see a Duke team beating this. Now I I do think North Carolina, if they were to come out of that bracket. They've got Duke's numbers, but it is hard to beat a team three times in a row, and you didn't play them with their best player. So, um, well, well, they played in the um, they played in the ACC tournament where Duke did edge North Carolina out by I believe one point. Zion got a tip in um, to win the game, so they're actually two and one. So you're right; it's hard to beat them three times, but they didn't beat them. They well, they didn't beat them three times in a row because Duke won the last matchup. This right. will be their fourth matchup this year. So. Honestly, it's, it's hard for me to say that Duke's – it's hard for me to see Duke losing this year. I mean, three top five draft picks, not that that means a ton, but that's a lot, man. That's a lot, and that's tough. Yeah, man. Uh, I just don't believe in them, man. Like I said, that outside shooting thing gets me. That I mean, Zion is a dominant force. He is. But RJ is just too streaky. If Reddish isn't really hitting his shot, then they have to play shooters that kind of uh, go against what they want to do. And it kind of messes up their whole style. I got to go against Duke. I, I got them making it just because the bracket they're in. Um, I have them getting past Michigan State. I have them losing to Gonzaga. I really think people are sleeping on this Gonzaga team. Gonzaga is like 30-3, and three, and they did not play a light schedule. I mean, they played Duke. They played Tennessee. They played North Carolina. They played a pretty tough schedule and still came out of it pretty good. And I think people are just thinking of Gonzaga as the Gonzaga teams before to kind of make their run and they disappear. I don't think that's the true. That's true with this Gonzaga team. I think this the Gonzaga team is built to go to the finals. They went far, far the last two years, even going to the finals against North Carolina. What was it two years ago? Mm-hmm. I think this Gonzaga team is built to get to the finals. Uh, I think they can win it all this year, but unfortunately, I have North Carolina going to the finals, and my heart will not let me pick Gonzaga beat North Carolina. So if you're asking me if North Carolina was to go out, who do I think is going to win it? It's going to be Gonzaga because I really like this Gonzaga team. They're really deep. They play good defense. They have at least two NBA players and maybe two lottery picks or at least top 15 picks. So I like Gonzaga team. Duke and six. (laughs) Duke and six. (laughs) I don't know why that's my favorite thing to see. I say I just don't know why. Yeah, well, everybody got to have a catchphrase. (laughs) that's in six that's me all right all right yeah uh so as good as zion is and as good as zion has shown himself to be is he worth 430 million like mike trout man (laughs) it (sighs) let me ask you this how much let's say that there was no draft right there was no draft no salary cap talking about like a free market free market how much money do you think Zion fetches in in a, in a free market, like a bidding war situation to get him. Yeah, let's. He goes to the highest bidder. Man, uh, it would have to be some kind of cap because in this system, you know, I'm saying things like LeBron will be probably making what six five hundred million dollars. What'd you say, LeBron? Shit. We gotta establish Bron- value. What kind of what kind of contract is Bron getting a free market system? I mean today. I mean, as I mean, a Trout just got four hundred and thirty million. So saying LeBron is worth five hundred million, it's six hundred right. million is not crazy. Okay, Let, let's go. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's back oh, up. Okay. Because LeBron at thirty four, we're not gonna we we're not gonna count them. But LeBron coming out of high school, 
Well, Jeez. well, what I'm saying is, is your prime. You know what I mean. So when you're it's your prime, because that's gonna be the you're gonna have one contract that's gonna set the market value. Let, let's call it the Miami Heat contract. That so that's what we're talking about, yeah. right? His first yeah. free agency. Man, what, it's hard for me to go ahead. Now I'm just saying, what contract sets the bar? Because that's gonna be what I judge Zion off of. Of what's the max contract? We saying six hundred. I think LeBron would have got a seven hundred million dollar deal. I I think a seven year, hundred million. I mean, it's hard. You can't. You really can't say that LeBron isn't worth a hundred million dollars a year for what. He, especially when it came to what he did for the Cleveland economy. I mean, there's been a million articles about how when he when he was there, uh, you know, the the economy was thriving. This, that, and the other. I mean, he single handedly um, lifted that economy. And when he left and went to Miami, I mean, it was just. It almost didn't recover until he got back. So from that uh, perspective, if you're looking at that, and you know that's seven years, that's LeBron's prime. Everybody knew what they were getting. He would have been on the he would have been on the free market. So let's say he went seven hundred million. I think that's a that's a fair range. So I would say Zion would be two hundred fifty million. Yeah, I mean, so but that's already going to be what I mean. Going off today's valuation, he would get. If he were like gonna sign a max contract deal, so, um, I, but I think that I think that you're probably about right. Well, but I'm uh, just saying from the perspective of, and it may be higher. I, I would go as far as say 400 million because if it's a free market, you got a lot of bad teams that this could be a franchise changing player. So people will be willing to overpay for a guy that could be LeBron, a guy that could bring just what you said, uh, can uplift the economy, bring new fans, change your hope. This is a franchise changing players, and you know you look at the NBA draft a lot, and we see people taking number one and get drafted, but there are not a lot of times where the nba has a franchise changing player they have really good players like hey i'm gonna get cat but cat hasn't really changed the franchise of minnesota it's still a perpetual losing team you know what i mean there's there's it's hard to see teams that it's hard to get franchise changing players now people have been talking about him being the best prospect since lebron some people have even gone further and said he's the best prospect since jordan um, you we've both watched him play a fair amount this year. What I mean, do you do you see it as that? Do you see him as the best prospect since LeBron? I'm gonna tell you the truth, man. I have I mean, I try hard to find gaps in his game. I I try hard to like hate on this dude and say like that he's not. But if we're being totally honest, yes, man. I don't <laughs> I've never seen anything like this like LeBron like, he, he's bigger than LeBron now. You know what I mean? So all the stuff that we saw LeBron do in high school, if you go back and look, like, LeBron's jersey was, like, baggy. LeBron wasn't <coughs> built like a man. He wasn't built like a truck. He was big for his age, but he wasn't, like, man-size big. Zion is man-size big and, like, cat quick with explosiveness. That's crazy. The only thing that I can look at Zion and be scared about is his explosiveness to scare me that he might blow out his knee or something. But other than that, this dude leads. He leads the, the ACC in steals. <laughs> you know what I mean? As big as he is, he's the most explosive. He's fast. He, he can jump. He can, he's a decent shooter now, and now you're going to put him in the NBA with a bigger court, a wider court, you can't play under the goal. I really don't know how people are going to stop this dude. Next, Sean Kemp. 
that I mean that you're acting like Sean Kemp wasn't good though. I mean, if it wasn't for the drugs, he was a- fat. Sean Kemp wasn't shit. Yeah, but this isn't <laughs> fat Sean <laughs> Kemp. No, I, I I'm being facetious. <laughs> I, I do think that Zion and. and to be 100%. Sean Kemp was that dude. Yeah, so, Sean Kemp was you know, a beast. <laughs> you know the comparison that I saw? Uh, a friend a friend of ours, uh, Robert, he plays in our fantasy league. He sent me a comparison that was going around Twitter. It wasn't what he thought, but just that uh, that Zion, this guy, I guess, said he saw this before, and it was Larry Johnson. I was like, mm. Grandma Ma was cold, but. Nah, he, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't He could jump agile. over a phone book. No, yeah. sir, he could not. I mean, he, 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 could, he could jump. He could jump before the back, you know. Grandma Ma used to pound that thing down. Yeah. He was undersized, but he didn't get the air like. I mean, Zion is something is an athletic freak that I've never seen before. Yeah, and, and Larry Johnson was cold, and I, I I could see the the comparisons, but he's way better than Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson was a bad dude coming out of UNLV back in the day. Yeah, but he was never as agile. He never moved like Zion. Like, you got to realize that Zion's like 280 in leagues, the ACC, and steals. That means that dude is just fast and quick. He plays the passing lanes like a guard and has like a 50-inch vertical. The The best comparison I can think of would be like Charles Barkley. Remember when Charles Barkley was with the Suns? He was kind of undersized, but he was a monster. But even then, I think Zion's bigger than Charles Barkley. You mean when he was with the Sixers? Because Chuck, man, coast to, Chuck, if you go back and watch some of those Sixers highlights, I mean, that dude, Charles Barkley, people think of him as this big old goofy idiot that's on TV now. Man, Charles Barkley. Yeah, like a fat yeah, dude. Yeah, Charles Barkley was good, man. He was so good. I still think he's one of the 25 best players to ever play. Uh, yeah. You know, he, Charles Barkley was way more dominant. People remember, yeah. like I said, you know, people remember the bigger version of him. They remember that he's a rebounder, but you don't realize how he used to handle the ball, how quick, mm-hmm. how fast coast he used to, to coast. be, coast to coast, dunking on people, pulling up, shooting threes. That's the type of player I see Zion as. I think Zion could not more, not much like a LeBron because he's gonna be bigger. I mean, that dude's only gonna get bigger and stronger. That's what kind of scares me about him. And I, like I said, he reminds me more of a young Charles Barkley than anything else. I can see it. Um, you may, all right. So we talked about the four hundred thirty million dollar contract with Mike Trout. Um, honestly, I think he's the best baseball player player in ba- the best player in baseball. And if he never played another at bat, um, I think he'd be a Hall of Famer already. I mean. They hit some of his numbers are like on par with uh, like Babe Ruth. I mean, <laughs> like statistically, that you know some of his stats are better than Babe. I mean, the dude's insanely good. I hate that he's going to the to gonna stay in Anaheim because the Angels are trash. Um, and you know, I would have liked to see him go to a winning organization, but um, that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot. Can you of money. win playing a dude four hundred thirty million dollars? I mean, I don't know exactly how the cap yeah baseball works doesn't baseball. have a salary cap, so yeah. Okay. Um, so four hundred thirty million, you could you can still build a good team if you're willing to pay. For sure. Um, so here's the the weird thing to me though, or not? It's not weird, but just I, I want you to to understand how much money this man is making. Mike Trout's four hundred thirty million dollar contract, I'll guarantee. You, by the way, um, is <laughs> worth. Man. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Four hundred thirty mil guaranteed. Um, Girl, I'm thinking about going to this batter box tomorrow. You know, if I can just get you know a three million guaranteed contract, I'm sick. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> um, so he is worth more than six NHL franchises. That's crazy. 
six. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, like the Nashville Predators who were in the in the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago. Um, the Phoenix Coyote or Arizona Coyotes, excuse me. Um, you know, there's so many teams. There's six NHL teams that that have lower evaluations than uh, than Mike Trout. I mean, that <laughs> that is just insane. So theoretically, he could Man. go buy a team if he wanted to. He is a team if he want to be. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> he can. I mean, and he's cl- and he's close to being worth more than half of the NHL in general. I mean, how, how long has he been in the um, NHL? I mean, how long has he been in the baseball? Uh, he's 27. He came straight out of high school, so this is year nine. So the crazy, so the, the the crazy thing about baseball is, you basically get one contract. You you mm. hire an agent. I was listening to a podcast with Mark to share on it, uh, a Freakonomics podcast. And typically, what happens is, um, with the exception of guys like A Rod, um, who somehow got two. MLB contracts, but it was because he came in so young. Um, he got two. Eight, now talk about crazy. A Rod got two, two hundred fifty million dollar contracts. He got a two fifty two from the Rangers, and then he got two seventy five, I think, from the Yankees. Uh, so think about that. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, so basically, what happens is you're in arbitration for like three years, and if you get called up your rookie year, which the Angels tried to screw Mike Trout out of that his rookie year. Um, you know, so basically you get one long contract or by the time you're 26 or 27, like Bryce Harper and, and Mike Trout are now, um, you get one contract. So that's when you hire an agent. Um, cause typically these guys don't have agents for, uh, after they sign their first contract, which is just a, a, a either, you know, their first major league deal, which is like four or five thousand uh, million dollars or something like that. Um, and then they typically hire an agent right after or right before their next big deal to negotiate that contract. So, um, baseball is kind of weird like that. These guys only really play for one major contract, um, instead of multiples, but that's a lot of money, man. That is a, for one dude, that's an insane amount of money. Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, oh, well, to your point about baseball contracts, I didn't know how that worked until they started really talking about the Kyler Murray stuff, why the NFL might be better. And they essentially were saying the things that you're, you're saying right now is that Murray could be 27, 28 before he actually gets paid. And he would have to actually prove that he was really good. Now he could end up making more money in baseball if he's great, but if he's not, it's probably more profitable, profitable to be an NFL quarterback. Um, and I'm thinking in context, just because, you know, we see the 430 million and be like, man, you know, that's a crazy amount of money. And we talk about it in context of like a LeBron or a Kevin Durant. But at the end of the day, this is a 12 year contract and it's only coming in at about 33 million a year. LeBron had to make more than that over a 12 year stretch. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I take that back. He's earned, let's see, after the fourth and final year of James' new deal with the Lakers, he will have earned over $387 million. So, nope, I was wrong. Wow. <laughs> so, what is this, LeBron's 16th year? Yeah, and he hasn't even made that kind of contract. So, they're saying after, so he would have to play 20 years in the NBA at the con- well, a lot of that's because when you first come into the NBA, you have a salary structure, so you can't make thirty-three the whole time. But they're saying at the end of this, uh, at the end of this Lakers contract, he's only gonna be at three hundred and eighty-seven million dollars. So that's gonna be an NBA contract of twenty years in order 
for him to still make less than Mike Trout in 12 years. Just to put that in context, context that LeBron is the one of the greatest players that we've ever seen play, and he's going to come up short by about, what, $50 million? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? That's insane. So, yeah, that's nuts. What I'm telling y'all, kids, <laughs> people out there, push your kids towards baseball, man. Push them towards baseball because that's where the money oh, well, is. Well, listen, this is one thing that I've always said. LeBron James is going to be a lot more dangerous when he retired from the NBA than he is playing in the NBA right now. Because once he retires, the only thing that can keep him from making players' salary skyrocket is if he becomes an owner and he gets on the other side of that. So we're going to see. But I think LeBron is going to make – he's already made huge changes in the NBA. So by the time these kids grow up, I don't know, you can be getting $700 million guaranteed from these NBA contracts plus another $250 million a year from these shoe contracts. But that's another thing in the NBA, um, saying what LeBron earned – from you know his basketball contract is probably nothing in comparison of what he earned on his shoe contract that's why they say these players are really playing for nike and adidas and the the money that they make in the nba is kind of like side job money man i wish i i I get mad at my parents every day for not you know having better jeans okay (laughs) not having better (laughs) jeans man you ain't gonna put none of that work on yourself man you know how hard you gotta work to get to the nba shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I remember I, why can't you just be six nine two thirty? Right. Huh? I remember I asked my dad one day. I go, Dad, why couldn't you be Kobe Bryant's dad or something? Okay, <laughs> he goes and he looked at me. Goes, why couldn't you be Kobe Bryant? <laughs> hey, that's a good so, point. I mean, I mean, the Bean wasn't the greatest basketball player. He made it, I mean, but you know. you know. But yeah, why couldn't you be <laughs> Jelly Bean Bryant? Man, shit, got yeah. me over here working a nine to five. Hell. Man, I went out to the park one day and I seen my daddy shoot a jumper and I said, nah, I better hit these bucks real hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I ain't, I ain't got it in me. You know what I, mean? uh, <laughs> I seen that jumper. I said, nah, I ain't going to never make it. Didn't come from a lot of athletes. Nope. Nah, nope. That, was, that wasn't what I was meant to be, man. <laughs> so I just got to be real with yourself real early, uh, man. That's hilarious. Man, honestly, guys, it's a, it's a slow sports week. We got some NFL free agency stuff, but nothing crazy. I mean, you know, we talked about Odell. Did we talk about Odell to the Browns last week? I don't think. I mean, we touched on it. We didn't really talk about it, though. So, I mean, we talked about, like, what are the Giants doing and things like that. But, I mean, this is a good pod to really dive in deep on, you know, what that Browns team could look like. <sighs> you believe? I well, they went they went what eight and eight, and to be fair, that receiving core was really lacking. I mean, you had Jarvis, but Jarvis showed he wasn't a true number one. I mean, he's a possession receiver; he can well, make some yeah, catches. Yeah, he's a possession slot receiver. Yeah, but he wasn't the game changer. You know what I mean? That most of the year they were playing with like Higgins and Callaway and whoever else they can pull off the bench and throw into the game, and they still went eight and eight and was like a tiebreaker away from making the playoffs. I mean, so, I'm in on I'm in you, on the Browns. I, I think that uh, I think Odell's going to light this offense up. I think that the AFC North is in trouble. Uh, Big trouble. I mean, how, I mean, how do you scheme for those dudes? How do you scheme for Njoku? How do you scheme for uh, Chubb coming out of the backfield? Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield? 
Duke Johnson coming out of the backfield. They're probably going to move they him gonna, to receiver. They're going to trade Duke, yeah. Or, the, or they're they going to trade, trade him. Um, and then how do you account for Odell and Jarvis Landry and whoever else? And then you got Antonio Callaway taking the top off of yeah. it because, I mean, his problem was catching the ball. That dude is fast, and he could get open. Now you got all the attention on Odell and Jarvis Landry and Joku, and then you just got this dude taking the top off the defense. Odell hasn't even ever had a player like an Antonio Callaway that can open the field up for him. Because if you just leave that safety on top of Odell, Baker is going to be another another year. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. This is a dangerous team. And that defense was already really good. So they're going to have their hands full. And the AFC North is pretty weak up there. I mean, uh, you got the Bengals going through a coaching change. A.J. Green can't seem to stay healthy. You got the Steelers in disarray. They've lost Bell and they've lost Antonio Brown. Um, I mean, it's looking pretty good for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, um, I agree. I <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I, I think that, you know, and we'll see because we've seen teams like this. I mean, maybe not necessarily these players come together in their prime. Like, you know, they the Eagles team that, that they put together a few years ago. But um, I don't know how they're not going to be good. I just don't. And they're young. That's yeah. the that's the crazy part. Every everybody that's that's a difference maker on that team is young. They're they're all young. That's a really young team. They got uh, Kitchens is really just gonna have that have be had that dude Kitchens run run because we don't really know. He's never been a head coach before, so we've seen head coaches ruin a good team. But I mean, I like you like you said, I just really don't see how this team is not going to be good. And if Kareem Hunt. Week eight can come back and be half the man that he was before he left. Not man player, because I mean the man thing is a whole different conversation. But if he could be half the player that he was before he left, this team is a real legit contender. Which is crazy to say the Cleveland Browns is a contender to win the championship, but this team is a real contender to make some noise next year. Yeah, man, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited. I don't want to. It's it's NFL offseason. I don't really want to get too deep into it. I don't like to force NFL topics, but uh, I'm excited. We got the draft coming up next month. Um, NFL moves the needle, mm-hmm. baby. So well, we'll see. That's 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 right when the uh, the NBA playoffs are kicking off. The NHL playoffs are kicking off, and of course, opening day in baseball. So they'll get a weekend in there, but you know they'll be they'll be kicked back to fourth for the next few months, and then you know they'll be back. <laughs> Well, in NBA news, I did see that they were retiring Nick. Was it Nick Collison? Mm-hmm. Uh, retiring his jersey. He's the first Oklahoma City player because you know they came from Seattle. There've been Seattle players that have their number retired, but Nick Collison, Mister Thunder, is the first player for the Thunder to get his jersey retired. Bringing an interesting question: Will Kevin Durant? Get his number retired in Oklahoma City. Of course. And should he? Of course, on both accounts. I mean, the man was there for nine years and got him to the finals, got him to the Western Conference finals. I mean, hell, KD's the best player in their franchise history. Of course. Of course. They'd be stupid not to. And time heals all. I hear that. Time heals all. But I'll counter you with, they tried to burn down his restaurant (laughs) when he left. that's fair. The team didn't, though. (laughs) I don't so, know, man. I don't know if the t- I don't know if the team was in on that or not. Can you verify that? Well, it's fair, old Sam Presti. You don't leave this place. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I think I, KD. Will- do you know that they were actually because there's a Durant, Oklahoma, and they were actually trying to get that name changed, even though Durant, Oklahoma, was there long before Kevin Durant was even born. 
They were trying to get Durant, Oklahoma's name changed when he left. That's how ridiculous it was. I mean, you know, when you hate a cat that much, I guess. <laughs> but no, I, I think, I mean, time heals all. I mean, you saw Shaq and the Lakers come back together. You know, you saw um, uh, somebody else that hated each other. That, <laughs> yeah, I had it on the tip of my tongue, and now I, uh, oh, I mean, you'll see LeBron get retired in Cleveland. Just all that stuff. I mean, it happens, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're just talking about, you know, if Cleveland would accept LeBron back, then, you know, no hate. Because the hatred they had for that dude when he left was crazy. So if Cleveland will accept LeBron back, eventually they'll accept Kevin Durant back. Which they should because he was one he was the greatest player in their franchise. I mean, Westbrook still has a ways to go, in my opinion, to pass them because he was the foundation of that move from Seattle to OKC. He was the game changer, the franchise changing player that we talked about. That was Kevin Durant, and you don't get a lot of those players, as I said earlier. So maybe he'll have his reti- his number retired by Golden State, Oklahoma City, and the Knicks when he's playing there next year. Who knows? Hey, um, and it's funny this new generation of player just drives they drive the media crazy because the media can't figure them out. You know, back in the day, you kind of had a thought. You know, you can be swayed by peer pressure, but these new dudes that believe the earth is flat and you don't know what they're thinking, the media literally has no idea what they're going to do. And it just drives them crazy. I I was looking at the, like reading this story where they were talking about last year where everybody saying, oh, go, um, Kevin Durant was definitely going to resign. That the Golden State people are saying they had no clue what this dude was going to do all year. And I'm hearing that it's the same this year. Nobody knows what KD is going to do because he's one of those dudes that just decides, hey, yeah, you know what, I'll go, I'll, I'll just stay here. Or, ah, you know what, I'll go to North, I mean, I'll go to uh, New York and play. Same way with Kyrie. It's just driving dudes crazy that they can't figure out what these dudes are thinking and what they're going to do. Man, they don't owe the media anything, so fuck them. Uh, I get it. I mean, I think Kevin Durant's going to New York. I mean, I, I think that's an all but a done deal. He didn't move his business as headquarters to New York. I mean, I think that's the writing's on the wall there. Yeah, but for years you've seen things like that happen, and then they don't really mean mean anything. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why he could have moved it to New York. There's a whole off season where, when he really wants to be involved in that stuff, he gets involved where he could easily go to New York. I don't think that necessarily means that he's moving to New York. I mean, he's from that area anyway. He's from like DC. Yeah, that ain't nowhere near your so, New York, fool. I mean, it's close. It's closer than Golden State. I mean, all, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, three hours away, I guess. <laughs> So if you're saying three hours away opposed to what, 17 hours away or something, I mean, yeah, it's closer. 17 hours, like you ever heard of an airplane? Yeah, but still. <laughs> I mean, how long is that flight? Uh, if you're going from, from west to east, it's like five hours. Uh, I mean, I guess he is on a private jet, so he don't have, like, stops. I think east stuff. to west is like <laughs> six or seven. I don't remember, but uh, no, I, feel, yeah. I, I get it. What? Well, then the plane the, the plane ride is even shorter than New York from D.C. You just proved my point. Well, <laughs> shit, if he wanted to be in D.C., his ass would be playing for, uh, for with, with, uh, with old boy's crazy ass, John Wall, old fat Achilles tearing ass. Yeah, I don't think the love of your hometown can even bring you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that is a bad, bad place to be. Um, all right, man, that's what we got. Anything else before we get out of here? 
Nah, man, I don't really got much. Like I said, focus on this tournament, ready to get this started. This is like one of the most... It's funny we didn't spend more time on this because we're not really up on it like we should. But... Shots fired. This is probably one of the more exciting weekends that we have in sports. You don't, don't agree? Not, not the whole March Madness thing. It's just the first weekend. The amount of games, it starts at like 11 a.m. You know, people take off work. Even your bosses want to take off work and just chill. This is one of the funner, funner times during the year, March Madness. The very first weekend, especially Thursday and Friday. The bulk of games that you get. I mean, it's a very exciting time. You know yeah, I definitely agree. It's always fun. You shoot hooky from work, whatever you got to do. You know, your boss, they get it. For the most part, unless you got an uncool boss, but uh, yeah, if your if your boss don't get March Madness, I suggest quitting your job. Yeah, right you gotta now. find a new place to work. But <laughs> that's what we got, folks. Y'all enjoy this March Madness. We'll see whose brackets turn out to be busted by uh, this time next week. Uh, should be fun, and uh, we'll holler at y'all. UNC in five. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>